This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Here we are. We're here, Pet Life Radio. Joining me here, uh, as you know, every Sunday morning. And a number of ways you can get a hold of me here on Pet Life Radio is Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff or Instagram Live. So anyway, here you are live. We have a special guest today, my good friend Vicki Wagner from Eloise Pet Rescue. And um, Eloise, she's it's amazing, not only what the rescue work she does, but also as a dog trainer. So it's great. She's uh, taking care of a lot of our behavior issues. And we want to talk about a number of things. A bunch of questions came up we're going to talk about today. How you get a hold of us, how you ask some questions that may not be ones we've heard already. Very easy. Here on Instagram, all you have to do is just type in the question, and we'll see you right here. Here on Pet Life Radio, a couple of ways. You can either join us live, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or better yet, join us here live going on to Pet Life Radio. You're, I mean, if you're here now, you're already on Pet Life Radio. Click on shows, ask about Dr. Jeff, and just click on that link left for you there, and we will be able to see you and your pet. And, uh, and that's great. So we have a chat. We have some chats already. So we're going to get going. So first of all, we had some uh, some behaviors that we were, you know, talking about. Dog and, behaviors, right. basic behavior training, right? <laughs> so so here are the things. So new parents, new pets. Are there any specific questions you have there? That's great. I always say this. What is the most common used word in puppydom, right? That we probably should rarely ever use, and that is no. Think about it. You know, most of the behaviors that we find objectionable in puppies are behaviors that are normal, naturally essential behaviors. I'll give you the top two, and that is bathroom and chewing. Well, guess what? Do you tell a dog no when it comes to going to the bathroom? Do you yell at your kid when they go in their diaper? I mean, come on. And then also chewing, normal, natural, essential behavior. So again, we can't not chew. They have to chew. We know that. So it's a matter of redirecting these normal, naturally essential behaviors to a place that's more appropriate, an object that's more appropriate, et cetera. So we're going to talk about that. And also, and Vicky always makes this point about how we tend to sometimes create bad behaviors through stressing our pets out. And one of the ways we can stress them out a lot is to always yell at them. So yeah, first thing, one. <laughs> right. So um, what are some alternatives? How do we get that behavior to redirect it to that which is more appropriate? The most important thing about the word no is you have to remember dogs thrive on positivity just like us. So saying no, no, no all the time, find another way. You can say leave it or come here or go to your dog. So your dog's chewing on something, you want to go over and not go, don't do that. No, don't scream at them. You want to redirect them to a toy. You want to engage them for a while because the chewing happens for a long period of time. And so if you engage your dog with a toy and not just shaking it at them, but like throw a different one, get them engaged in whatever you're doing. If it becomes constant, use things that are appropriate to chew on. We talk about that because you know medically, you know, some of the things that people allow their dogs to chew on, they get stuck in their stomach, like um, what are the bully sticks? Yeah, right. Right. So you want to use digestible things. There are a lot of things you can freeze because a lot of puppies are teething, no different than your baby. So think about freezing some stuff and giving it to them and letting them gnaw on that. So I would not use no, I would say leave it. And I would call them because bringing them over to you, puppies love to come to you, get excited, be positive. 
The most important thing about puppies is be patient. It's just like kids. You have to be patient. So I would say potty training. It's a really simple task. You need to contain your dog when you're not around. So people are fearful of crates. They're like, oh, it's so bad. I don't want my dog in a crate. crate. Dogs love crates. They enjoy it. It's not, it's a safe place for them. Uh-huh. So I would say to make sure that your dog goes potty, write it down for the first two days, every time they go to the bathroom. That's so crucial, 48 hours. If they pee or poop in the house, out of the house, look at it, and then you're going to discover their schedule. It's like a little miracle, just writing it down. It changes everything. So write down the times they go to the bathroom. Generally, puppies can hold it for, you know, two to three hours, and then you stretch it to four, and they will get potty trained. I've had many dogs in my own house because as I'm a rescue, I foster dogs all the time. And I've fostered over 500 dogs in my home. And my house does not smell like pee and poop. (laughs) So I, and I'm a very clean person. So I don't want my dogs peeing and pooping. But utilize a crate and make sure that, you know, during the day, you don't want to leave them a long period of time or a puppy pen so that you can confine the area. And remember, the minute a dog touches the ground in the morning, that's when they have to pee. So if you have to, try carrying them. It's okay to pick up your dog and bring them right outside. Hopefully the sound is still on. I'm not going to touch the phone again. I promise. <laughs> so that's, that's really important. So I would say positive, positive things. What do you want to talk? How do you want to be talked to? Think about that. Right. You know, if you said to me every time I called, no, Vicky, I can't talk to you. I do that anyway. I know, <laughs> but I don't like it. <laughs> But I would say to you, you know, you've got to find a way to be positive. Your dog say, leave it, call them to a come. That's super. Important. One of the things that I do oftentimes I recommend is that, you know, puppies especially are, are very sensitive to sound. So when, instead of saying no, just make a sound or give a whistle, clap your hand, right. just, just get them to look up at you. And then you walk over gently, calmly, give them their toys. Oh, so good. And also one thing I like about is something in, uh, we talk about this a lot. It's called operant conditioning. And that is take something and make an association. All right. For example, when you are to uh, give a dog a treat, also pet him and say, good boy or good girl as well. Okay. So do both. That way, pretty soon, you don't even have to give the treat. Now, good boy or good girl and a pet on the head gives them the same satisfaction as getting a treat. And then every now and then you throw in the treat again. So they're always, they're always guessing, but uh, they start behaving because they know they're making you happy. I'm going to add a little to that because I hear what you're saying, but I'm a big fan of treat, 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 Mm -hmm. treat, treat. And the reason why is because food to a dog is constant reward, love, and kindness. That's Dogs love to eat, right? right? So it is really important when you're starting to train a puppy, you'll use less no if you utilize treats. Right. Oh, absolutely. I always say have a treat bag around you, call them over, bring them a treat. But sound is fine, but you don't want to scare them because that's the other thing with puppies, right? Too loud of a sound, then they start reacting and moving away from you for training purposes. So you've got to work with both. Right. We were talking about the overuse of the word no. It's a a word that you pretty much have to take out of your puppy vocabulary at the beginning because, and with any behavior issue, with anything, we always talk about prevention is key. We can start them young, learning how to behave and getting positive reinforcement, minimizing the use of the word no, Remembering that most of the no's that we are just our natural inclination are things that are normal, naturally essential behaviors that are just misdirected, either at location or object in the case of chewing. 
So you want to build that relationship of trust early on. And, um, and, and that's kind of how we do it. And so, what Jeff said was so key because redirecting your dog is the crucial part of this. At, you, remember, your puppies want to have fun. They want to love you. And your hands always have to be kindness. That's right. super, super important is your hands have to be kindness. So if you're any accustomed, we're going to move on to some other, yes, some so next questions. What do we have? About positive reinforcement. Yeah, we talked about that. And basic behavior. And, and, and understand also that the positive reinforcement, it does. Uh, when puppies always think they're doing the wrong thing, then they, are, they get fearful, first of all. They say, uh-oh, what, what am I going to do next? So we always want to turn it into something positive. Um, and, and is so right. good, right? Use play all the time instead of no. Right. Call them over and get them excited to come to you. Which leads me to the next point. Now, okay. what's the other? And again, I am equally as at fault. I'm sure many of you too. But what do you do when you want to say a no? When you really have a behavior that you want to say, what's the first thing we do? Call their name, right? You know, I'm going to steal. No, Rover, no, right? right. And I'm, I'm saying, Tommy, Tommy, my, my yellow lab all the time. If you're going to do a negative anything, don't use their name. It's when you want them to come and you say, come here, Tom, come here. Say, I'm not going to you. And that is the most important thing, Jeff, because every time I teach class, I say to my clients in class, stop calling your dog's name in a negative way. Because here's the thing. God forbid your dog, your leash drops and you're on a walk right. and you call your dog and you've been yelling at your dog. No, Jimmy, Jane, whatever. <laughs> dog ain't coming. That's right. And that's a problem. Right. So uh, because now also we, we uh, want to talk about you were just talking about leashes. And I'm glad you brought that up because yes. that's a big one. And Vicky and I go back and forth about this. And a lot of times I don't disagree, but let's talk about some. In fact, I had a case that is, it's so sad. I didn't want to talk about it that much, but it was a collar. Collars are great for carrying an ID tag. And, but for certain breeds, they could be deadly, literally deadly. Was it a collar or was it a, a it, it was it a was leash a, that, a was, that had a leash. It was a loop leash, okay, so but it was a, a fabric loop leash, right? Right. right. That didn't, they, they don't, yeah, when it tightens it, because it's fabric on fabric, it has so much drag, it didn't loosen. It didn't right. loosen. Set. I don't want to go, let's just say it could be dangerous. Now, right. I want to talk about, and many trainers differ, and uh, what might be the best collars or training collars for your dog and it really depends i find it's very you know it's individualized so yeah. i know you you don't like um like you you don't you like harnesses i don't okay so here's the reality and this is something even medical right, right. we talk about this dogs learn from the neck to the head to the brain because the neck triggers the head which triggers the brain so when you're teaching a dog if you use a collar you shouldn't be pulling on the collar anyway right. you shouldn't be using no collar tightens, Jeff. Usually they loosen. Right. That's really the truth. So what the person was using is a loop leash. Those are more dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. A loop and, leash. And which brings me also to so what brings also to the, the training collar, the classic training collar. We, that, what do we call it? Remember the old name? Oh, a choke chain. A choke chain. Right? Oh gosh. And those I don't like. I don't like them because they're typically they're used improperly. The whole mm -hmm. idea when you talk to a trainer who knows it's the it's the it's the jerk, it's the whip, it, it just it's, it's that right. it just gets their attention right. and back to you were saying it just it hits the neck right. hits the brain but you don't use it if they're tugging and they're not working it's the wrong collar for that dog a hundred percent and well, you gotta you look to at something else the, you have to work with the pulling so i always say to people you know you have a puppy in the house and you're not allowed to bring it outside for a while right right, right. so perfect time to put a little tiny soft collar on them put them on a leash and use treats to go back and forth, back and forth. So what you're teaching your dog is to walk next to you. Right. So if you started off right, 
you're not going to have the dogs pulling you down the street. Right. The other thing is, if you do have a collar on your dog and you're walking down the street, if you're, I say to everybody, for three months, three months, diligently, use treats. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Right. Every couple of seconds. So, you know, we have to... We have to look at the dog. Frenchies. Right. right. We're going to talk Frenchies. What yeah. about the treats, though? And I totally agree. Dogs, interestingly, they are not as turned on by volume as much as the actual act of getting a treat. So it could be the smallest little treat. If right. you give them too many treats all these time, and yeah. I agree you want to, then you're going to get obese. That's another problem we have right. to deal with. Yeah. The no, whole idea is little, no. teeny, teeny. They're just, whether the treat is this big right. or this big, it's going to be the same satisfaction for them. Right. Let's talk about certain breeds now. And what are some alternatives? For example, my rule of thumb when it comes to Frenchies, for example, as you know, I see a lot of Frenchies, Bulldogs, a lot of breakies of Alex, nothing around the neck at all. It's got to be a harness. It can be a, a gentle leader, but it's very hard because they have such short muzzles in the first place. That doesn't work. And a um, gentle leader doesn't yeah. really train. But I am a, a, a fan of, of harnesses. And there are some harnesses also that when they pull a little too much, that it also can tighten. So it sort of gives them that feeling of, of getting almost hugged or snug, and it stops the pulling. We talked about also, well, go ahead. There was something else. So no, it's not that you cannot train on a harness and you cannot train on, you know, you should train on a collar. It's easier for people to train on a collar if you're working a program, working the dog. So you can't just go into any store and buy a prong collar and a choke chain and stuff and not know how to use it. Right. You can hurt animals if you don't know how to use something. I've always walked every dog I've ever rescued and owned on a collar, but I always oh. teach them not to pull. So the pulling issue is so important. People don't understand. The reason they go to harnesses, Jeff, just like you said, for Frenchies, because they're pulling. Why are your dogs pulling? Why aren't you taking the time? If you do two things, you potty train your dog and teach them not to pull. Right. Those are two things that can make your life easier, right? And so so here's the thing, and I always say this, and it is an argument with people, harnesses versus collars. A collar will always work to train your dog. And I'm a trainer who's a balanced trainer, so I believe in listening to what you're struggling. But I usually have to teach the people. You don't right. pull on, I've never pulled on my dog. I pop a collar. If you learn how to touch it, what I always say to people is, you know, if I take your wrist, you know, I'm taking your wrist and I go like that, that's it. They're sensitive. Right. They're going to respond. So when you and I talk about harnesses, it, you have to do a lot more verbal command and you really have to engage your dog because a harness is used for meshing. Right. They, they pull, right, right. So it doesn't teach them to not. Well, I think when we come back, we have to take a quick break. We're going to talk about um, one of the things, some other tricks that you can do to prevent your dog from pulling. And uh, Vicky had a good one the other day. I was taught by another a good old friend of mine, Paul Moran, what he used to do with it. It was very effective when I started doing it. And, but, and they're on the same principle. So we're going to talk about that. We come back. Don't go away. And um, we'll be back after these short words. Don't go away here at Pet Life Radio. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, 
TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> All right, we're on. We're back on here live. So, a couple of good questions came in on our break. Um, so, I want to share them with everybody. First of all, we talked about prong collars. And that is, you know, again, they look really gnarly. And people think, oh my God, it's, it's, no, it's not. I've never, personally, I've never seen a prong collar actually dig into, cut a hole into the skin. You see these pictures all over yeah. the internet that show right. all these holes. In the what I do I like about seen. them, what I do like about them is that unlike that, classic choke chain, which usually his, it pinches one spot. This is even pressure all around. And again, if your dog is pulling still, then either you're using it improperly, or maybe it's the wrong thing for your pet. But my dogs I, that I use, the three that use the prong do very, very well. I have uh, one with a regular harness, one with a, a tightening harness, and we have finally found peace that works for everybody. So much so that, oh, by the way, when you use any kind of training collar, Mm-hmm. That's there's the keyword. It is a training collar. You do not leave them on all the time. I've heard stories upon stories of animals literally choking. When I get mine out and I put them out, they come running because they know that they're going out for a walk. Right. And they behave and I, I pull when the other dogs are coming. Again, it's very personalized. And sometimes you do you have to test and train different options and see what works best for your dog. Now, um, we wanted to talk about this. There's a lot of these. Um I just want to kick in yeah. with the prong collar. So remember. A prong collar is not meant to pull your dog because then you're pushing, you know, basically needles into their neck. So I do believe in prong collars for the right situation. And mostly when I use a prong collar with clients or anybody, I will not allow them to use it until I teach them how. So that's the bummer about selling them everywhere. And speaking speaking of which, shock collars for me is the same category. I've seen disasters when it comes to shock collars. If you are not a trained trainer, who knows how to use them and use them properly. And I've seen them work well, 100%. But I've seen disasters when owners, so I tell, I tell owners, do not, don't buy shock collars. You don't, you, yeah. you need help with it. Look, right. you went to medical school. Right. You know, you didn't just, somebody didn't just say, okay, you know, you're a doctor. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work like that. So yes, it is really important to understand how to use gear. And I have never seen a dog either get holes in their neck. But the most important thing is, is how you use it. If you're yanking your dog on anything, collar, leash, prong collar, harness, you're hurting your dog. Right. So don't do it. Right. Um, a couple, two things came on. They're kind of related. Um, one, my friend's dog keeps charging my dog for no reason. Okay. All right. So obviously the friend's dog needs some training, but we can talk about that. And, uh, and then when dogs meet, like for the, I saw for the first time, yeah. uh, aren't you supposed to take them off leash for meeting the first time? No. Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> That's I, a big no-no. I, so I heard that they get very protected and defensive when on a leash and confined. I still think control is the most important thing. As a matter of fact, if there is an altercation, a problem, and one dog is on leash and the other dog is off leash, here, at least here in the state of California, the dog who is off leash, i.e. not under control on, of the dog parent, uh, is going to be 100% responsible for any damage done to the other dog. Now, if both dogs are on leash and they go at each other, then each one is responsible for their own. Right. And if both le- dogs are off leash, then each one's responsible for their own. This is no predictability. The whole idea is you want to have control of your dog, be predictable. And how would one 
So approach. I always do this. I ask any, first of all, know your dogs. Don't just walk up to a stranger and say, oh, you guys can play together. Because the truth is, is that not all dogs want to play with your dog. Just like people. We don't all want to hang out together. Some of us do. So very important. I always make sure that I know the dog or I ask the person clearly, is your dog friendly? And I get a lot of this. I don't know if you do. Usually. Right. Yeah. So that means no. Right. <laughs> There's that no. That is a big no. So I say this. Take your dog up to the dog that you're comfortable with. Go to the back of the dog. Let one dog smell the other dog from behind. Then let the other dog do it. If they don't want to do it, they don't need to meet that day. People don't understand that. It's really crucial. If a dog doesn't want to be sniffed, they're not sure if they want to meet that dog. And right. just recognize that. Go slow. And yes, they should always be a leash on a leash. But real quickly, a dog who is reactive on a leash has other issues. It's not, everybody always talks about leash reaction. It means you don't have your dog under control in general. Right. It's not just. What is the opinion on, uh, is the true dog sense if someone's fearful? Absolutely. Dogs actually can read yes. us better than we can read them 100%. But how do you tell a person don't be fearful? Do you think it's going to work? You know, we, for someone who's not, has no fear, then I don't have to control it. I just have no fear. No. But someone who is fearful and you're going to tell them, don't be afraid. You think it's going to work? No. Hey, it's not, not going to work. All. And, and, and you know what? If you are fe fearful, don't go up to a dog who's more jumpy. Take right. it slow. Right. See a friend that has a dog that maybe will be okay walking up slowly and take a breath. And if you're afraid, really important, do not touch a dog. Right. Because right. they will sense they, it. They Just like horses, it. they take off with you. Right. <laughs> when you're afraid. Also, are you familiar with this marker word training? You familiar with that? Yeah, with a marker. You mean a clicker training? Is that oh, what maybe. you're talking about? Or you're talking about marking the word? That, I don't know. Okay. So, so marker training is is when you mark a word with a treat. So okay. but you have to be really mindful of how you do it. So you say good first, and then you mark it with a treat. Gotcha. You can also mark it with words. So all trainers work differently, and it depends on the dog. So it's kind of like an operant conditioning where you're, you're making the association of an yes, action with a word. Right. Positive. That's why the word no is so bad. Right, right. You don't want to associate bad things with your dog. Gotcha. And the stress right. we no. talked about. And there was something about meeting an older dog. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. I think it's really important when you, you know, recognize when somebody is older, just like an older person, you don't bring a big, say, a doodle that jumps a lot. Because right. I hear about that all the time. Right. I'm training four right now uh -huh. <laughs> for jumping. So if a dog is a jumper and you're meeting a senior dog, probably not a good meeting. You want to respect dogs. You know, everybody wants every dog to be friends and every dog to get along. In living in your house, I'm the owner, so anybody's allowed in my house right. as a dog. Then right. I decide that they're right. going to live together. Right. But if you're meeting out in public, you don't have to meet every dog, and not everybody. And I have a button. I don't know if you agree with this. I don't allow people to touch my dog on my head, okay. on the head. Right. I wouldn't let you come up and rub my cheek. Right. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. So, you know, we have to respect dogs being okay with not always being friends with your best friend's dog. Right. Here's a question that came in also, um, that uh, my 13-year-old passed away this Friday, he's a German Shepherd, he has a six-year-old brother. What do I do if she does not feel lonely and sad? So, you know, this is where, again- The brother, this, the dog? The, yeah, she doesn't um, want the dog. So, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, when I have many dogs, and I do, I don't have to deal with that as much because there's still plenty of others, but I have many situations, and I, I had it myself. When we had my first dog, my lab, personal, my own dog went to college with me, went to vet school with me, uh, his name was Thor, then we got Woody. 
and um, Woody was a, another black lab. And when Thor died, Woody was so sad, it was unbelievable. And so what we were able to do is I knew Woody's dad. Well, I knew the owner of Woody's dad, uh, who's also another veterinarian. And um, this dog's name was Monty. He was a gorgeous yellow, huge, 110, 20-pound yellow lab. And um, I asked my friend Derek, could we use Monty again for another breeding? And I set up a breeding with this time a yellow female. And sure enough, they bred, had puppies, and nine puppies. We got pick of the litter because we sort of arranged the whole thing. And, and, and we, got, we um, ended up getting first pick of litter. So we figured we, we knew we wanted a male. So we say, oh, no problem. We'll you know, be a couple of males, hopefully with nine. How about nine males? All nine were boys. And we had to actually try to pick the right one. How do you do that with these bouncing yellow Labrador puppies? So we always joke we picked the wrong one. No, we're just joking. He was amazing. But now the difference it made in Woody's life, not only to have another dog, he didn't know that they're half brothers. They had the same dad. But they had a long life together. So I am a fan of not waiting too long, not to mention not to mention the void in your house, in your heart, by losing a dog. And you know, I've heard people always say, well, we're going to wait. We can't do it now. But I just feel it was not the right thing to do because right. we did. But meanwhile, the dog is gone. The deceased pet, they don't know. And the only one that's hurt by it are you because you feel that void. And the dozens upon dozens upon dozens of dogs that are sitting in rescues and shelters right now waiting for homes or are going to get put to sleep. So it's a win-win. When yeah. you don't wait too long. If not, I wait, I joke now, I wait 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm already looking for my next dog. So, so. you know, to add to that, um, what I was going to say is, you know, there's always a battle and, you know, you, you're a doctor, so you might know more than that. But I think people always say to me, their dog is really sad. I think you're really sad. And the environment and the emotion comes out all the time. So like dogs, when they see you're crying, they want to go right up to you because they do feel for you. I believe that. Do I think that dogs mourn the other dog the same way as we do? I don't. I actually right. think they're really quick reactive to just any dog that'll be their friend. So, so, um, so I, I think, think he's right. A win-win. Yeah. If you oh, take yeah. in a dog, yeah. we have dogs dying every single day in shelters. And taking in a shelter dog or whatever dog you choose right. is great for the whole family. Anyway, we uh, have to get moving today. So let's, we have to just finish up. We're going to just cover a few of the things just as reminders. Right. Of course, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. And uh, again, Pet Life Radio, get a hold of me, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Any of these questions, these are great questions. We'd love to talk about it. If there are certain topics that seem to be recurring, we can go, I'll have another expert come on. Uh, Vicki, I'm sure would love to come on. Yeah, again. I'd be happy to. So if you have any behavior questions, let yeah. me know. And you can and also reach me on my Instagram, which is, is Vicki Wagner Dog Trainer. Okay. Or Eloise Rescue, because I'm also a rescue. So you want a dog and you want it trained? Give me a call. <laughs> By the way, as many of you know, I have five dogs. Two of them, Marty and Harry, came from Eloise. And they are just amazing. So uh, yeah, great, great dogs. So uh, all right. Next um, time to tell them the story about how you mara and you got that dog oh yeah or just real quick <laughs> no we'll, we'll say that but it was yeah yeah <laughs> I, I tricked mara into uh getting a, a fifth dog but it's okay it's way ever just putting it on her lap and that was the it was, end of it it was that was the end of it <laughs> it was really cute so uh all right let's final it up yeah. don't say no correct use leave it use come use a treat move your dog away from what you don't want it doing and be positive and be patient. Right. Positive reinforcement yeah. really is the key. Yes. And um, also anything for cats. It's another story. 
Training cats is a, another story, but uh, they're not as responsive. It's, it's a different type of relationship than we have with our dogs. Uh, yet, if you go on the internet, you will see cats are trainable. I wouldn't say it's as easy, but there are cats that are doing things that are blowing my mind. So, uh, and, and totally trainable. You're yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I we've trained some of the cats that we rescued. Oh, really? Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah no, cats are, are great. To say hi, to shake, oh, yeah, really? and um, to uh, get your attention. And also, cats also thrive on positive reinforcement. They are very, very treat motivated. And sometimes, maybe even more so than dogs. You give them a treat. <laughs> With know, those greenies, you yeah, yeah. take a bag. My friend had six cats. She shakes a bag and they're all like, what yeah. do you want from us? Yeah, right. So, so, totally all right. So thanks for uh, joining me here at Pet Life Radio. Thanks uh, for Vicky thank for joining me. Thank you so me. much for having me. I'd come anytime. I think it's so great to talk about health and training and rescue all merged together to yeah. me. That's, that's great. Synchronicity. <laughs> so any questions, you can uh, reach me during the week uh, here on Instagram, Pet Life Radio, Dr. Jeff, PetLifeRadio.com. All right, so um, see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel here on Pet Life Radio and Instagram. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and um, be well. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.